and she's comfortable with herself, but other people aren't, but she still fights for, you know, her way of doing things, and she's so remarkable with that kind of inspiring image, in the same vein, also, one reason why I just love Amber Riley is because she just, she just owns it, and, and it's amazing, and I, too, wish I had somebody like that as a young kid, so. Amber is just like a huge inspiration to me. Just like when she did Dancing with the Stars, oh my it god. was just oh my god! I've never I, the fact that I even got to see it live in person was just huge for me. When she won, I cried. I was just I couldn't. I was so happy to see someone that I could see myself in, and she's so mm-hmm. open and honest. Like her social media presence, it's it's inspirational, but not to a not in a patronizing sort of way. And she's just so emotionally honest on her social media. Mm-hmm. And her presence just is, she has such a calming, wonderful presence. And she helped me kind of find some confidence in being a bigger person. Um, when I was, I was going through like a really bad depression and I was sick, you know, with my chronic illness. And it was like, I would see Amber do her outfit of the day. And I was just going back to college and it was like, well, it kind of made me kind of, okay, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to school. I'm back in school after all these years. I'm probably, like, 20 years older than all of the other students. I'm going to dress up and, you know, work on, if I feel better on the outside, it'll help me feel better on the inside. And Mm -hmm. Amber really, really helped me, and that time was really hard for me. Mm. And I I love that that is brought to Mercedes, too, as just, um, and, and like you were saying that she is so warm, both Amber and Mercedes, they're so, such warm characters and such, it's unfortunate, um, and we can get into more of this in a minute, but it's unfortunate that she's kind of, she kind of remained a, a supporting role for most of the series. Um, but it's, she's such an important one. I mean, she is in, in the land of all of these divas that are cutthroat and icy. She is kind of this bright spot and she's still a diva herself. But she's she's so much empathy and so much warmth and caring that it it she's she stands out a little differently, but in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. She's created a safe space for so many different characters. You know, that's and we'll probably get into it more when we talk about particular episodes. But like, she was safe for Kurt to come out to. She gave Santana a safe space when she when she was out in the trouble tone. You know, she gave Sam and Blaine a safe space in New York. She's just always kind of been that safety because she does have that kindness and that warmth. Yeah, she's even given Rachel on <laughs> numerous occasions. Um, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of uh, in New Directions um, in the season five when she kind of gives Rachel a pep talk because Santana's so mean to her and definitely the whole New York arc and getting Rachel in season six to go back to New York and everything. And, um, and even the just, new kids, Marley and Jake, yep. you know, yep. she... Yep really wanted to give them confidence and help them and, you know, let them have a bit of the spotlight because she knows how easy it is to get run over, you know, when Will's in charge. Oh, my gosh, yeah. She's, like, one of the only characters on the show that actually goes out of her way to try and give other people opportunities and not just take them all for herself, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. She wants her own opportunities, but she wants to share the spotlight as well, and I think that's really cool. Exactly, yeah. Because she could have easily been like, you know, I'm the one who got the trouble tones together, and I'm going to sing all the solos. But really, she made it a collaboration between herself, Brittany, and Santana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, I'm kind of the leader because I started it, but that didn't mean 
she was going to walk over their feelings. It was more like, I'm the leader, and this is the image I want us to have, and we're not going to bully, we're not going to be bullies, you know, but we're, we're going to share the spotlight, we're all going to sing, we're all going to be up front, but, you know, I at least want to lead as far as how we carry ourselves as a group, and shut down yep. that really horrible bullying that, you know, had been going on. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about Mercedes and her role in the series, and, and um, you know, she gets... Um, Unfortunately, she gets sidelined a little bit, but, uh, you know, in the first season, she definitely has episodes that are, are hers. Um, in the second season and third season, it's a lot about her versus Rachel and their kind of conflicting friendship there, um, the trouble tone stuff in season three. And then getting in the later seasons, we have um, uh, her doing her album, and, and we don't see her as much, but um, some of my favorite stuff is in the later part of the season. Um, with her album and the New York arc and uh, her relationship with Sam. So uh, what do you guys, did you, was there something? All right, but let's just, yeah, let's talk about her um, her role in the series overall. I, or the arcs she had. I think that Mercedes had, a, Mercedes as much as anyone else had that arc of overcoming her loneliness. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as overt as some of other characters. And I think a lot of people even miss that that was kind of what her story was it, until 2009. I think people didn't realize that that was kind of her story as well. It wasn't just Kurt and Rachel who were lonely, but Mercedes was lonely too. But I also like that her story is very much about kind of self-empowerment. You know, Mercedes has picked herself up. You know, when that guy, when that label, you know, dropped her, she was selling her CD outside of like 7-Eleven. Or something. She's about someone who, you know, really had to hustle and look out for herself. And she did that, but she was also, I also love her vulnerability. Because with black female characters, it's really easy to go for the sassy kind of character or the strong black woman kind of character. But the problem with those character tropes is that it doesn't allow us to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people assume that we're not vulnerable, that we don't feel lonely, that we don't cry, that we're, you know that were strong in a certain I'm so sorry, my sister just came running through my room screaming nonsense. I'm sorry. It's okay, that's pro- the, the power of editing. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, you know, she was allowed to feel that vulnerability. She's strong, obviously, but they didn't shy away from letting her be emotional and sweet and kind and warm. And she was a very well-rounded character, even for being more, you know, of a side character. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. She's very well-rounded. Like, they let us, like, they showed her flaws, and even though the show kind of villainized her flaws more than other characters' flaws were villainized, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. (laughs) 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 But, like, you know, we still, I don't know, I just, yeah, she's just so well-rounded. We got to see she was so just kind, and I think the word empathetic has been said before, but, like, she really was, and I don't know, just a character like that who is just so positive, like, I'd say 98% of the time. It's just so yeah. good to see, you know? Yeah, it makes me sad that some people, you know, can't or don't see her as a fully realized character, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into later. But, you know, <laughs> I do think that a lot of people miss certain aspects of her character because they weren't beat over the head with it. Yeah. Well, and, and something that has always stood out to me 
um, is that, you know, in some respects, they're like, oh, you know, she's kind of like the, you know, the best friend who's overweight or a minority, and and she's just going to be there for support system, and she does get her own story, and also, um, like, where Rachel and Kurt are caught up in relationship drama, Mercedes does get a relationship, and she does get a, a little bit of arc there, and they do let her kind of stand on her own and have her own story, and I, I, I'm I, glad for that, yes. even if she does have a smaller part, but I am glad, and it's on her own terms, I mean, the whole, um, and we'll talk a little more about her face in a second, but, um, like, her not sleeping with Sam is, is tied in with her faith, and not because they didn't want to, like, show, you know, this overweight black girl you know, having sex with them or something like that. She chose, and, and Amber, I believe, chose yeah. to go in the direction, and, and I find that admirable. Yeah, Amber, I believe, and, I mean, God knows this could still be true or not. You know, I don't typically, like, discuss celebrity personal life, but I believe Amber said two reasons that she chose that she chose to have Mercedes stay a virgin is that, A, she's a virgin, and, B, she did not want to have to have, to have a sex scene with Court. Yeah, I, I've heard the cord thing. I hadn't heard the first one, but I definitely know she didn't want to do that. Now, personally, I would have been like, you don't even have to pay me today. <laughs> if I got to roll around with cord over the street, I'd be like, you know what? It's voluntary. You don't even have to pay me today. I'm, I'm good. But <laughs> it felt otherwise. Well, granted, she knows them personally. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, like, if I didn't know them, I'd be like, sure, let's go do this, you know? Yeah. But, okay, uh, kind of getting into, um, I know, Kay, that you wanted to talk a little bit about her her role in Glee Club and Will specifically and, and how he treated her versus how he treated others. <sighs> Will Schuster. There is, a, there is a reason that my tag for him is I want him to be eaten by a lion. <laughs> Will is the epitome of every straight, cisgendered, white male who thinks that he's down for the oppressed people, but is really horrifically racist. Um, if you ask him if you're a racist, he'd be like, no, like, I listen to rap songs. I'm not racist. I, I rap sometimes. Like, he's that guy. He thinks that he's totally just not because he likes, you know, he might have a black friend or he, like, really likes Dr. Dre. When the truth is, everything that Will, you know, Will has is that person, and already to a lesser extent, that has so much internalized racism that they're not even that they won't even listen to you probably if you try to point it out to them. You know, every time. Uh, oh, sorry. I was going to ask. Do you want to give some examples just that um, uh, you can so we can see a little bit more of exactly what you're talking about? Of course. Let me pull out my scroll. <laughs> <laughs> so just in season one alone, when Defying Gravity came up and Mercedes wanted to throw her hat in the ring to sing it. And he shut it down immediately because he didn't have time to rearrange it, you know, as if she needed to have it rearranged. She couldn't just sing it straight. Um, she'd asked for more black music, and he was like, we don't have time to dip things in chocolate. Um, and then we get to the point where we actually are singing a form, like a style of music, a genre of music that was started in the black community. And Will goes on this whole long thing about how funk started in the middle of the civil rights movement. And it's about anger, and it's about rage, and it's, you know, all this stuff. And it's about being black in America in the 70s, you know, during this time. And then Quinn goes first. You know, and it just kind of goes on in the lazy thing, which is not just a stereotype, a huge stereotype 
for overweight people, but for black people as well, we're lazy. You know, Mercedes mm. wants to park and bark, which is essentially what Rachel does. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, why Cassie Terai was on her ass because she can't dance. She doesn't dance. And Mercedes literally was like, this, this is, I'm going to be a park and bark. I don't need to dance because my voice, my instrument will, you know, the audience, that's all they need. But for Mercedes, that wasn't good enough because when you're a black woman, you have to do twice as much. She was doing as much as Rachel, you know, outside of school. She had a whole freaking choir, you know, and she, from the scenes that I saw, she was the youngest member of the choir. So it's not like Mm -hmm. she was just going home doing nothing. She was booked too. She had things she was dealing with too. But for Will, it wasn't enough. She needed to be better than, you know, Rachel got away with, you know, she didn't have to go to booty camp, even though she's not a great dancer. You know, Rachel does so much where Mercedes doesn't do enough. When you really compare them, they're on they're on equal footing. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it's things like that where there's just the expectation of you have to be more. Rachel's been go- Rachel went on, you know, Barbara Streisand, that's my dream. That's what I'm going to be. We've seen her dress as Barbara. We see her get a role that Barbara originated. Meanwhile, Mercedes is like, my dream is Beyonce. My dream is, is Mariah Carey. And Will's like, that's not good enough because you have to, you need to do more. You need to want more. You have to be better. You're not good enough. You're not allowed to have the same dreams as other people. And he does it to, to a lesser extent to Santana, too. Mm-hmm. But just Will just shows over and over and over again that he puts these stereotypes on her. He doesn't really allow her the same space to to express himself. And it's one, I honestly believe it's his fault that her and Rachel butt heads so much because it's hard not to resent someone like Rachel who's on your who's on your on equal footing with you, but is getting these things seemingly handed to, to her, and you're being told you have to do twice as much just to get a piece of what she's kind of already getting. Yeah, and it's not seemingly like she was getting it handed to her. Yeah. And if she didn't get it handed to her, she threw like a temper tantrum. So, like, yeah. And it was like, I tried not to resent Rachel, but in the like after a while, I started to kind of resent her mm-hmm. on Mercedes' behalf. Because it was like, she's getting all the silver, she's getting all this, but then she gets her best friend, she gets Kurt, and then eventually she gets Sam. And it's like, Mercedes can't freaking have anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and <laughs> um, I mean, uh, yeah, no, uh, one thing that I've always kind of um, been a little frustrated with the show in general, and I don't know if this is just because the writers aren't sure what to do with her, but, like, for example, the season three musical and how um, the um, the the casting directors, Emma and Beast and Artie, don't want to let Mercedes have it they, because they... I, I like the line where she's like, why is nobody afraid to hurt Rachel Berry's feelings? Mm. And, um, but it's always, like, they make these they make these statements with Mercedes um, when it's, like, Night of a Neglect where it's like, go out and take it from me. Or um, just other points in the show where they're like, Mercedes, you know, go out and be the best. And then she always seems to hand it back off to Rachel or to somebody else. And where, again, it's, you know, all of those admirable traits of being warm and and empathetic or whatnot, it's frustrating that Mercedes is still getting the backseat on a lot of things, if I make any sense. No, that makes sense. And that's why she snapped the way she did in Asian S, because, you know, she was about to have the solo exceptional, and then, you know, Sue handed over the set list, and she didn't have another number prepared, so that went to Rachel. You know, Maria goes to Rachel. You know, the solos at all the competitions tend to go to Rachel. She just comes out with her big note at the end. 
And so, yeah, when it comes to Asian, Asian Up, and Will's like, look, you know, everyone's like, it's your senior year, it's your last chance. And she's like, you know what, it's my senior year, too. And it's not fair that I'm always, she's always the one who sacrifices or, you know, gives it up. And, yeah, some of that was, you know, her not wanting to step on toes and her not maybe feeling that she had the place to say anything. But when she finally got to that place and she had, keep in mind, this is when she had that support system because she had shame. You know, mm-hmm. someone who didn't have a reason to care about what Rachel wanted and Rachel's feelings. He didn't know Rachel, you know? So mm-hmm. she finally had someone, like, who was really supporting her and who wasn't like, oh, Rachel needs it more for this reason. And he was like, take it. Go get it. That's yours. And that's when she's like, you know what? I'm not afraid of losing this club because I, at least I, I don't, I won't have nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if she loses the club. And, you know, she didn't necessarily lose her friends, but it kind of felt that way. And so, yeah. yeah, I understand why she, why she reacted the way she reacted in Asian F. Oh, definitely. Well, and the thing with Asian F, too, is, like, I don't know, I just always found that the fandom's reaction to that episode was so disproportionate to what actually happened in the episode. Like, everyone was, like, flipping out and being like, oh, Mercedes is such a diva. Oh, I can't believe she did that. And it's like, she's not even really being that way. Like, she's just being assertive. She just exactly. wants, she deserves, you know, she fought just as hard as Rachel, if not harder for that role. And, like, I mean, Rachel's the one who, as soon as she thought Mercedes was going to get it, instantly turned on Kurt and was like... Exactly. You know? Exactly. She was totally in her right to say, no, do you know what? I either get this role completely or I don't want it at all. And, like, I don't think that was a diva move at all. I know. And then, not just that, but look at Booty Camp. When Finn was struggling, Will was practically on the floor with him, like, well, I mean, like, Finn, you can do this. I'm here for you. You can do this. You can do this. I got you. You're, I'm so proud of you. I'm so confident in you. You're going to get by and do this. And then Mercedes can't do it. And Will's like, you're not trying hard enough. You're not, you know, you're lazy and da 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 And I'm like, this move that they're trying to do, I was like, Mercedes is a big girl. If she doesn't do this right, if she lands wrong, she could seriously injure herself. And that's not a beginner's move that they were trying to do. Of course the cheerleaders can do it. I know. Oh, my God, I know. That whole <laughs> you know episode- what I mean? And so he's, he, on one hand, he's got Finn here, and he's so supportive, and Finn, you totally got this. But then Mercedes, struggling, and it's literally like, no, you should know how to do this. You don't get my support. You don't get my sympathy. Okay, go park in the trash can. I don't care. As soon as you're finished puking, get back on the floor and do this. He didn't show her any kindness, any patience, the way that he showed Finn. Um, uh, so what do you guys think of, like, Saturday Night Gleaver when... Uh, Will makes it a point to quote-unquote help these struggling seniors. Because um, I know that there's a plot line with Mercedes in that, but I don't, I like, a lot of it's Will's stuff is spent on um, Finn. Finn. Yeah. He oh. doesn't actually yeah. offer any help to Santana or Mercedes in that episode. Yeah, oh. I was going to say, I don't remember, I'm, I'm, I haven't watched that one as many times, so, but I just remember that was one of the plot lines. Yeah, well, I feel yeah, like he, he just, like, doesn't he oh, just kind of, like, pull them aside and is like, okay, you two, like, you don't really have any plans for the future. And they're like, um, we actually do totally have plans for the future. And he's like, those plans aren't good enough. Yeah, and in front of the whole glee like, book, he tells them that plans aren't good enough. Helps Finn so much. Like, shows him that video and does all this stuff to help him out. But, like, yeah, with and Mercedes and Santana. Sam who helps Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Sam and Brittany end up helping Mercedes and Santana. Well, Brittany released a sex tape, so that was her own version of helping. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much 
Okay. That's kids, another but that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Will doesn't, you know, Will spends all of his time helping Finn, and I get it, because Finn was really lost in season three, especially after he found out the truth about his father. It was just kind of a downward kind of spiral for Finn, and I get it. You know, as a teacher, if you see a kid that's struggling like that, you do want to help them. But then it's like, he's not the only one who's struggling. But I also have feelings because because there were so many times where Will could have helped other students. He didn't help Kurt at all. We know how that no. turned well, out. Well, one criticism I have, Will, and, and um, we may wrap up this a little bit because before we go on to um, uh, becoming a I Hate Will Schuster uh, <laughs> podcast. But, Although we um, should do that one. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit on the fence. There are a couple of listeners I know who really like him, and, and I never want to get too negative with something. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. an echo chamber, but um, my my issue is that if you weren't Sam, and not Sam, if you weren't Finn and you weren't Rachel, he didn't seem to care all that much. Yeah. And um, I'm finding this with the Kurt stuff, that like, Kurt just doesn't like give a shit about Will and what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's really unfortunate that they, the writers keep writing Will as this fantastic teacher and has everybody say it, but in truth, he doesn't show it. They don't make any effort except for creating a safe place where they can all get together and, and have these relationships and these bonds. He doesn't really help anybody outside of Finn and Rachel. And I'm even you know hesitant to say really doing good things for Rachel because he shelters her a lot and doesn't really push her to be better, so... No. Uh, I mean, and even though it's yeah. kind of awkward to discuss him, one student that could have really used Will's help was Pop. Yeah. I mean, you know, for obvious reasons, it's not something that, you know, fandom really talks about, for, you know, to get that. He has definitely always been one of the students where I'm like, Will, this kid needs help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in general, when you're a teacher and you notice, like, my sister's a teacher. Granted, she works with toddlers. But she can literally tell when there's a behavioral change mm-hmm. in one of her students. And she'll be like, you know what? There's a behavioral change. What's going on? Oh, mom's pregnant. You know, things like that. When kids have to adjust, she'll notice. You know, this kid's usually really well-behaved. But they were really testing me today. And they had a lot of tantrums today. I wonder what's going on. And she'll talk to the parents to see if there's a transition at home or something. And then here's Will. Every time, like, Kurt and Brittany, Brittany, Mercedes and Asian S, you know, these... Tina and props, when you have a kid who's normally very calm and very good and very well-behaved, and they're flipping out, and they're upset, and it's just, he doesn't care. Unless unless you're the student that he sees himself in, and he sees himself in Finn, and he sees himself in Rachel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I'm kind of going off and into a different direction, so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the friendships on this show, because... You know, um, he she's got Mercedes has the friendship with Kurt, um, Santana, which is a, a kind of a fascinating one because Santana doesn't have a whole lot of friend friends on the show. She has a lot of frenemies, but I I do think there's a really sincere bond between Santana and and Mercedes, and and just a, um, some of her other friendships uh, within the Glee. I almost want to save Kurt Sadie's for last because I have so many feelings about yeah. it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> not a problem. I agree. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Mercedes and Blaine. Is uh, there anything? Oh my god, my two favorites—they're literally my two <laughs> my two babies. I just I really wish we had gotten more of that friendship. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think because I remember listening to the other podcast. I don't think that Mercedes disliked Blaine per se. I think he was just like. 
you're, you know, you're my friend's new boyfriend or whatever, and you're stealing my friend away, and I'm kind of jealous. But we saw mm. them hanging out a lot in season two. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, in the substitute, they were together, okay. and then in the Sue Sylvester shuffle when they're at the Lima Bean with mm-hmm. Rachel and Mercedes and Kurt and Blaine. Way the, um, they're together. Yeah. yeah, so I think that that is one of the relationships I really, really, really wish I could have explored. I, there's a missed opportunity um, in the New York arc, really, oh, yeah. to, to develop that a little bit more since he's living with her. Yeah, I wrote some fix about it, about them being roommates and all the things you learn when you're living with someone. But yeah, and it would have been fun because I know that Darren adored Amber. And mm-hmm. I think that they would have had fun doing something together, so I'm really bummed. I'm, I'm really sad they don't really have any duets together. Um, they kind of have superstition, which is singing one after the other, but they don't sing together a whole lot. I line. was so bummed because at first, the, remember the Brazilian spoiler mm-hmm. blog had said that superstition <laughs> yeah, was, a, was a duet between Blade and Mercedes, and I literally just like clutched my heart and it was just like, oh my god, it's happening. It's finally happening. And then it wasn't a duet, and I was just like, Wait. why would you hurt me like this. In there, it was like, why? Why is this necessary? I was really a 70 out of Marley, but now I now I get it, and I, it's yeah. another friendship of Mercedes that I love that was just starting up, and I really, really loved the support mm-hmm. that she offered to Marley, yeah. the encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I was so happy for a minute, and then it was just like snatched out from under me, and I was like, really, I don't understand what I did to deserve this. Like, it just felt like a personal attack. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, Kate. <laughs> like, my two favorite characters were going to sing together. I had all kinds of hopes, and then it was just a dream for Dash. Um, what about her relationships with um, Artie and Tina? We don't really get to see much of of those, but I know Artie and, and, and Mercedes sure do sing a lot together, even if it's... <laughs> they definitely sing a lot together. I think in season one, they were shown to be friends, but, like, in season one, it was kind of like the little... Because the Glee Club was divided, so it was, like, the cool kids, and then there was Artie, Tina, Kurt, and Mercedes that kind of, like, hung out together in a group. But then mm-hmm. after season one, you don't really get much interaction between all of them. We know mm-hmm. that Tina and Mercedes are supposedly the biggest gossips in the school. Yeah. They do uh, fondue for two a couple times, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they do it together. The very first fondue for two is the two of them. Mm-hmm. Because that's when Tina uh, tells us the stereotype about Asian men isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> um, and, you know, talking about um, a racial for a second, I know we we've talked a lot about um, how the will and the show put the pit them together. But you know, one thing that I really like is um, Rachel and and Mercedes in uh, post um, post season uh, three. Yeah, because um, they came together and. They supported each other, um, and um, one scene that really sticks out to me that is just so meaningful is Rachel and Mercedes in season five talking about sex, and yes. just how there, there aren't a lot of female friendships on the show that aren't kind of catty and diva-ish, and um, they they kind of brought Rachel and Mercedes together in a very kind and loving and open friendship through that New York arc. And especially in that, in those couple of moments when she's talking about Sam and sex and whatnot, and I, I'm really grateful that they they had that in there. Yeah, and there's a couple of background scenes in certain episodes of season two where you see Rachel and Mercedes together, and I've always had this headcanon that Kurt transferring 
me, Rachel and Mercedes kind of draw together because they didn't really have anyone else in Glee Club to hang out with. And then from that point on, you do kind of, for a while, you get that threesome for Mercedes and Rachel. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of, and it started there, but then in a comeback, Sue, you know, said, well, this person, she said this and she said that. You know, so I think the friendship, like the seeds of it were there, but they really had to get out of that environment in order for that friendship right. to really grow. Well, and, like, going back, oh, sorry, go ahead, Megan. <laughs> no, sorry, I was just going to say, like, in Comeback, like, that's one of actually my favorite Mercedes and Rachel episodes, because yes. I love that scene when they're singing Take Me or Leave Me, and they just, like, it starts as total, like, they're just you know, at each other's throats, and by the end of it, both of them are like, oh my god, look at her, like, she's so amazing. No, no, not, like, look at her, she's great, and it's just such a great, like, I don't know, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I love, no, I agree, I love that moment. Um, so, yeah, and then there's the whole ending arc with her, help with Mercedes helping Rachel get back to New York, and as much as, like, I roll my eyes at how many times do people need to prop her up, um, it's it still, I, I think that there's that good friendship is still there, and, and Mercedes is shown to be uh, so supportive, but not in a condescending way that sometimes he would, would do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, aside so. from Glee's weird thing with consent, where everyone's always doing things and signing people up for things without yeah. talking to them, yeah. you know, it shows that I think that Mercedes is one of the few people, besides from Kurt and Finn, who kind of understand Rachel. Mm-hmm. And they're not all that different. You know, the things that make them different are the things that kind of made them butt heads. But I think deep down they're very similar, you know. And they're both ambitious and they both have their talent, but they both can be really afraid of taking certain steps and sometimes need a little extra push. Mm-hmm. And I loved that it was Mercedes. You know, I really actually love that it was Mercedes and not Kurt. Yeah. Who gave her I that, Kurt, that push in season This is a Kurt fan. Yeah, because I feel like... You know, Mercedes just, she understands them differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think Kurt's too close to Rachel to have been the one to make that choice yeah. and to help you know, her in that way. That. Something that I never really thought of that you kind of uh, drew upon, though, that the differences between Rachel and, and Mercedes, and Mercedes just is a kinder, gentler person, um, even though they have the same kind of ambitions and, and same kind of drive. But it's interesting that the differences between Rachel and Mercedes are kind of why Kurt and Mercedes are such good friends. But yeah. We, like I said, we can talk about Mercedes in a second. I kind of want to talk about Santana and the newbies, too, before yeah, we get into that. So. But, yeah, she just, I think that part of that is because Rachel grew up, it was just her and her dad, they were pushing her to perform, you know, and so she never really socialized. Mercedes grew up in that church environment, and I think having that community helped foster that sense of, like, warmth and empathy and understanding for other people, whereas Rachel didn't have a community. She had herself, and she had her dad's, and she had her talent. And Mm -hmm. everyone always just cared about the talent part. Whereas Mercedes, you know, she had her close-knit family, the church, there were people who Mercedes knew she was loved for something other than her talent. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Santana a little bit, because this is something that, you know, when you look on it, look at it at first, you're kind of like, huh? But it makes a lot of sense to me. Me too. And yeah. I think it's it's really cool, especially, again, in the New York arc. Um, but throughout, I mean, they're always singing duets together, even early on. Um, I have that. this idea, and I'm sorry, I feel like I'm just, like, talking so much. No, <laughs> that's okay. 
I yeah, they can I jump in at any time. You can be, we, Kay and I talk a lot, and we'll just keep talking until somebody shuts us oh, up. No, yeah, and, don't, worry, uh, don't worry. I don't like, I'm loving this. I'm loving Okay. Anyway, go ahead, Kay. I feel like the reason why Santana, because Santana, she has her little jokes calling her Aretha and stuff like that, but I feel like the reason why Santana and Mercedes' friendship work is that even though, and Mercedes has said it herself, some of Mercedes, Santana's jabs, have hurt, I think that the reason why Santana respects her so much is because she doesn't show that it gets under her skin. Mm-hmm. And she gives it right back. Yeah. Well, think about the first time they kind of went at it was actually hilariously over Puck um, back in season one. And and Mercedes didn't back down. She's like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, let's date me. We're going to do this. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, I'll fight you over this guy that I don't even really actually like. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Exactly. She's not afraid yeah. of Santana. Yeah, and I think yep. that made a big difference with Santana because, like, this was finally someone who wasn't just, like, running away when she was, like, being mean to her. She was like, no, bitch, like, I'm going to fight back. <laughs> like Exactly. So. Yeah. So. And, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just, I love, I love when they sing together. Yes. I still mm-hmm. think they were robbed in the duet competition. Oh, they should have won. Yeah, they should have oh, won. That's, absolutely. like, my favorite duets on the whole show. Yeah, it was amazing. I, like, it's but, good. <laughs> yeah, there's just such a mutual respect there between them, and I think that that is good to see. You know, two females who, they butt heads, they argue, they call each other names, but it's really, they respect each other. I'm trying to think, though. I think out of all of the main character females, excluding Brittany, I don't think Santana really gave it to Mercedes ever. Not in a not Kurt, really. like yeah. vindictive, crazy, like like that monologue she gave to Kurt. But um, yeah, it's occasionally calling her Aretha, but that's like not even an insult. No. Yeah. She didn't. I mean, because there was kind of a mutual respect there. I mean, you know, she brought. You know, even uh, when you think about um, Santana, went a little like control crazy with the treble tones and Murdy Sadies was like back it off and I mean even though Brittany was kind of the one to be the person between them she did though I mean it wasn't like a big thing yeah. and um, yeah yeah but I but I also do like in again in season five where um you know she's trying to help Santana out and Santana's like I'm you know whatever I'm hopeless and Mercedes is like no you know yeah so. and uh, can I just say that to have two women of color on TV supporting each other is so huge. Because when you see a show, like a lot of the reality shows, the basketball wives and all this stuff, all women of color and all they're doing is fighting over men and scratching each other's eyes out and bitch this and I hate that bitch and going behind my back and you're catty. And here you have two women of color who are supportive of each other, who are there for each other, who feel safe with each other, and none of that. Right. They fought over Puck the one time, you know, but from that point on, it was these two women respect each other, and it's so, 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 so important to see that you can, you don't have to be that, you know, well, you stole my man, you said this behind my back, because that's well, so can, much of what we get as women of color on television. Can I also add in there, is it significant that, you know, here Mercedes is black and and um, and Santana's Hispanic, and so they're two different minorities? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and Mercedes is 
and one of my and I'm we're gonna talk about her face, but I love the fact that Mercedes is, you know, they didn't go with the stereotype of the black Christian woman, and so Mercedes has no problem. She was there for she was there for Kurt when he came out, and she supported Santana when she was outed, and it was never a question for her. Yep. Um. Yeah, no, I'm going to pin that because I just thought about something with the God Squad, but I want to continue down the friendship stuff, and we'll get back to that in yeah. a second. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, let's talk about um, the newbies for a second. and, and Jake and Rachel <laughs> and Marley. What am I talking about? And, and um, you know, I'm blanking a little bit on this stuff with Jake, but I do remember this stuff with Marley and how she's just like, Come on, you know, you don't need no man. You, you get out there and, and, That's like and show one of yourself. my favorite things Mercedes ever said when she tells Marley, like, those guys really care about you, but that doesn't mean you have to date them. Like, yes. That, oh, my God, I loved that so much. It was just like, how many girls need to hear that? Yeah, you don't know, you don't owe men anything. Exactly. Yeah, it was like, her own little you matter kind of speech, Yeah, like, you know? Because I, don't, I just, all... I loved that. It was just so, yeah. yeah. And, I'm sure we'll get to, you know, we're going to talk about her relationship, you know, but Mercedes mm-hmm. was so lonely, and in season two, she wanted to go to prom so bad, and here, and we get to her having two guys fight over her the way that Marley was, and she opted out. Mm-hmm. She didn't like who it was turning her into, right. and so I like that she was able to come to Marley from that perspective. I've been there where two guys are fighting over me, but, you know, you don't have to choose one. You can choose you. Yeah. And Marley and I love, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I love that Mercedes is the only person that actually gave, like, a vocal lesson. Yeah. Because Will was all focused on booty camp, but I was like, you want to teach them how to hold their breath while they're singing, though? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me on a rant about the musicality, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the way, you know, she talks, you know, she's teaching Marley how to, and people are like, but Marley doesn't need to sing like Mercedes. And I'm like, that's not the point. Yeah, it's not about, like... It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay, she's teaching her how to use her instrument to the best of her ability. Breath control is important to a singer. Yeah, no, the fact that they never really did any kind of vocal techniques. Every once in a while you heard them warming up, but not really. So, <laughs> Kurt and his, I can sing high and sing low. <laughs> <laughs> it, it modulates as he's singing. Like, oh, God. Yeah, but, you know... <laughs> She was really encouraging to Marley, not just in her songwriting, but in learning how to use her instrument and mm-hmm. learning how to be good at it. And, mm-hmm. you know, with Jake, it was, you know, we heard you're a great dancer. Let's let's put you center stage. And I remember at the time, a lot of people were like, why is Mercedes is giving the spotlight to these new people, but she'd be giving it to Tina and Blaine and Artie and Sam because they're seniors. And I'm like, that's not the point. I could, I saw two things. One, someone is going to need to be, you know, there's the, you know, the hope that Glee Club is going to continue. So, mm-hmm. and these are these kids, you know, and in order for it to continue, we got to use the talent of who we have, and we have to inspire them and teach them how to perform. But also, Mercedes knows what it's like to be in that room and be ignored and not feel special. Mm-hmm. And so she was taking the opportunity to take two kids, Jake in particular, because she knows, you know, what it was like, you know, and give them the opportunity to shine. And I feel like Jake in particular needed it, because I don't feel like a lot of people in Glee Club really saw Jake, but that's like a rant for a whole other day. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. 
just the newbies and whatever. I could go on my rant. I won't. Um, but uh, so I guess kind of uh, wrapping this up, um, we well, we can talk about Crusades, and I know you guys probably have lots of feelings about that. So feel free to unleash them. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I'm going to give fandom a stern talking to. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I I don't have it probably as like what's the word like eloquently as you probably do because like every time I've gone on a rant about Kurt Sadie's, it's just been like and this and this and this. Oh, and then I go over here and then I go over there. Like I don't know. I feel <laughs> robbed. Like really because they had such a great friendship in season one, and then that kind of got overshadowed by Hummelberry so hard. Yeah. And yeah. just, not even just in the show, but just in fandom, like, oh my god, like, I almost exclusively read claim stories, and the amount of stories that don't include Mercedes is just, it's like... like it's like she doesn't exist. Like, honestly, it's out of this world, like, I've seen stories where he's, like, best friends with Sugar, which is, like, what? <laughs> like, exactly! Or he's <laughs> best friends with Kitty, and I'm, like, to real? Like, it's just so <laughs> random, and it's, like, but, like, he and Mercedes had such a deep connection, and, like... I mean, like, she's the first person he came out to. Like, I don't know. Like, they just had such a great friendship, I felt, in season one. And, like, they kind of kept it going, but not really. And I just, I think it's one of the biggest tragedies of the show, honestly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that people, you know, the big thing for people is they swear that that friendship ended at Grilled Cheeses. And if it did end at Grilled Cheeses, the substitute put a nail in it. But that's not true. No. You know, friendships change. And I do think that the what happened in Grilled Cheese has kind of shook them because you're teenagers and you're like, this is something, Mercedes' faith is so important to her. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they had to relearn how to be friends with each other. And then you have, you know, the substitute. And it's like, you know, Mercedes is still lonely. When Curtis yeah. starts running off with Blaine, it's not like she has other people to hang out with. You know, she's by herself pretty much. You know, and everyone's coupling up around her. You know, it's no wonder by prom queen she was so upset because it's like everyone's pairing off and she's kind of left alone unless she wanted to date, you know, the only other black kid that Curtin is. Um, (laughs) But if you really think about it, Mercedes is there for every every huge moment of Kurt Hummel's life on Glee. He comes out to her. She's the first person to meet Blaine. She's there to greet him when he comes back to McKinley. She's there when Blaine proposes to her, to him. She's there. She sings him down the freaking aisle. Yeah. Every mile she was there at Bert's wedding, like every milestone that Kurt's had in the series, Mercedes is there. When he, in Bash, when he was beaten and hospitalized, she was there. When he had his okay. triumphant performance, when he recovered, she was there. She's been there for all these huge moments in Kurt's life. Tell me that's not his. Tell me they're not friends anymore. Show oh. me the receipts. See, and then like say that I don't even understand. Like watching the substitute, I never felt that. Like, never. I never felt like, oh, my God, I'm watching the end of a friendship. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even see how that could, like, cross people's minds. And even in Grilled Cheeses, like, yeah, it definitely shook their friendship because it was something, like, that they both felt very strongly about that definitely clashed. But, I mean, the what happened in The Substitute wouldn't have happened if they had stopped being friends in Grilled Cheeses. So, yeah. like, I don't know. Well, and coming from the other side of things, um, being the huge Kurt fan that I am, it doesn't make any sense from, I I don't understand people either, Um, as I've said often uh, um, in my own personal blogging, yes, 
their friendship shifted. And yes, a lot of it was due to the writers wanting to focus on other things. However, you, you've you still got, you know, Kurt hanging out with Mercedes and Silly Love Songs and The Spanish Teacher when they're doing sleepovers. You still have Wonderful, which is in season four, where he is right there with her when she is, um, you know, doing this battle with the record deal. You have the season five stuff, um, you know, at no point do they completely say, okay, these guys are not friends anymore. Yeah, and there's it's, even little things that you know, even if they don't show it, that they're talking. Like in Saturday Night Gleaver, there's a scene where Kurt and Mercedes are walking down the hall, and Sam walks up to her, and then Kurt gives her this, like, look, and then yeah. he turns around and walks off, but then you see him kind of peeking yeah. to see, like, what's <laughs> going on. And I'm like, tell me, and when, you, when we are introduced to Unique, Kurt is trying to convince Mercedes to go to school in New York. Yeah. Right. Right, and and like, how excited is he when she does show up in New York? I mean, it's again like people have different people in their lives for different reasons. And yes, uh, you know, looking at it from Kurt's standpoint, here's this person that he the the first real friend that he had, the person that he originally comes out to, and yeah, it gets a little bumpy when they realize that they have you know different views in religion or different views on on whatnot or going through different things at different times. But at the end of the day, when we get there right at the end of season six, you know, they're still good friends. They're still people who very much care about each other. And that should not be undermined. Well, I mean, no, not at all. Like, all those years later, you know, like, they're still hanging out together. They all go to watch Rachel's Tony thing on TV. Like, you know, like, if they didn't like each other and weren't friends, they wouldn't still hang out in the same group of people. after Exactly. Granted, why is Artie still there? But that's a whole other question. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. The, that is a friendship that means something to both of them, and you know, it's it's sad that like people in fandom like, well, that's because the friendship was superficial, and you know, Mercedes only cared about fashion, and she didn't really understand Kurt. And I'm and I'm kind of like thinking like there there are going to be fundamental differences. You know, Kurt is a gay white male. Yeah. Mercedes is a straight, overweight, black female. There are going to be fundamental ways that they just don't understand each other, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt doesn't get her faith, and Mercedes gets bored if they talk about, you know, gay, you know, gay gay political issues for too long, you know? Plus, they're teenagers. You know, there's Mm -hmm. that quote from Buffy where where, um, she tells Jonathan, you know, no one's paying attention to your problems because they're too busy dealing with their own. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that really, really does kind of play into Glee a lot. With, we're like, well, why didn't nobody, no, why didn't anyone notice that A, B, and C was happening? Because they're teenagers and they're all going through some crap. Yeah. You know, so there are those fundamental differences, but they they're still friends and they still care deeply about each other. Even if they, you know, she can't understand why it's important for Kurt to have a gay friend. Kurt can't understand why you can't just find the only black guy you know and be like date him right yeah and i think not to be discounted a lot of times we get so caught up in the story i do think this is one of those times where we have to pull back and say hey the writers were making decisions and not decisions we necessarily agree that kurt and rachel were going to be a bffs and we're going to still sideline mercedes yeah no yes i would love to definitely have seen it a different way but at the end of the day that is what they were doing and unfortunately because of the focus shift 
uh, we don't see Mercedes-Kurt friendship as much, but it doesn't erase that it's there. Yeah, yeah. it's still there. The friendship that is erased is Mercedes and Quinn. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. that's I, I even had that down as a note that we, I wanted to touch upon because I at the end of season one, that oh is God. a huge thing and, and with so much potential to go in a very fantastic way. And, and yeah, it's completely forgotten by season two. Yeah, it's... Like, oh there's God. a reference here and there, but there's still, like, you just, there's nothing. I have so much hope. I mean, the end of season one, there's seeing, you know, Will's singing Over the Rainbow, and, you know, Quinn and Mercedes and Kurt are kind of, like, sitting together, and at these high hopes that we were going to come back, and I was like, they became BFFs over the summer, because Quinn was, like, living with Mercedes, and, you know, we're going to see that friendship, and I don't think, before, the between the end of season one and the God Squad scene, that Quinn and Mercedes ever really interact. No, there's the scene yeah. in um, Hold On to 16 where Quinn, like, brings all the girls back to Glee Club, but I think that's the first time they interact since yeah. Over the Rainbow. Like, that's it. And it just, oh my god, it pisses me off. At the same time, they isolated. They had so much potential, and, like, I don't know, like, that's all, like, I'm well, not even I the biggest know, like, fan of Quinn, but I feel sorry for people who are. Yeah. You talk about yeah. a character who just really got the, really, really got the short end of everything. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, like she, like Quinn was kind of off in her own little crazy storyline, and I, I mean, it just it's unfortunate that there there were a lot of really interesting ways you could have done a Quinn, and and that was just a mess. Is really the easiest way to put that? Just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. They like, really could have. Like, like I just. I think sometimes of, like, because Mercedes was so good at getting people back on track, so I just think of how much different yeah. the season three storyline with Quinn would have been if her and Mercedes had been still friends. Like, yeah, exactly. would have, like, talked to that girl so fast. She'd been like, what the hell are you doing? Literally, mm-hmm. Quinn, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, like, I would have put a stop. Again, with Mercedes giving... I was going to say, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no, it's just, someone's cutting out, so I couldn't hear that you were still talking. <laughs> so bad, because I wasn't trying to cut you off. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> oh, like I said, this is a podcast of so go ahead and talk over the other person. I mean, no, we, uh, just one of those things. Um, you know, if you have a thought, go ahead and jump in at any point or or whatnot, and, and don't let us big talkers, like, get in the way. So. Um, but moving yeah. on a little bit, let's, um, unless there's something else that you guys wanted to to touch on with the friendship, I wanted to move on to the relationship. Um, talking about okay. Shane and Sam, and and I, I do think Sam is a huge thing we should talk about. Of course. Yeah, that was a big, big relationship, not just for Mercedes, but, like, for Glee, like, one of the yeah, main relationships. That was huge. And I just wanted, I used to, before I got on Tumblr, and um, most of my fandom experience was either the Curtain Blade community on my journal but before that, it was all on the message boards on TV Without Pity. Um, oh, that's God. How I got into Why were you spending time there, Terry? That's bad for your psyche. <laughs> I knew no better. And trust me, because what I'm about to tell you, when we got the casting spoilers over the summer, first of all, we all, all there was this whole thing. It was just like, I, Mercedes is going to get a boyfriend. That was kind of the thing. They were At first, it was, the Glee Project is going to be to find Mercedes a boyfriend. At which point, I was like, the guy with the locks. The guy with the dreadlocks, that's the guy. But, um... So that was the whole thing. Coming into season two, we knew Kurt was getting a boyfriend, and we knew Mercedes was getting a boyfriend. And then we kind of got that little bit of Mercedes and Sam, you know, um, at the end, and then Cord did what he did. 
and <laughs> there was no Sam. And we found we saw the we saw the spoilers for Shane. And when I tell you the racist things that people said, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, even to this day, they accused you know the way he treated Rachel and the way he made her quit Glee Club. And I'm just like, she looked like the biggest teddy bear to me. And I just love that she had this guy who was completely outside of Glee Club mm-hmm. that was super into her. And I really wish we could have gotten more of that relationship. I mean, it's not like she was dating Azimio. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 And I thought Azimio funny, but yeah, exactly. He wasn't a bully. <laughs> he wasn't slushing people. You know, he was hilarious trying to back Mike up in West Side Story. You know, he just seemed like, you know, this big teddy bear of a guy who saw, who like really saw Mercedes and thought she was talented and amazing and wanted her to see that herself and pushed her to have that confidence. And I really am glad that that was the first relationship that she got. Yeah. Well, and the thing about Shane is that, and I think people kind of forgot this, is that he was an outsider. I mean, he wasn't in Glee Club. He didn't know the dynamics. So, yeah, he, he's dating Mercedes, and he wants the best things for her. You know, why wouldn't he tell her to go out and do all of these things, you exactly. know? Exactly. He doesn't care about Rachel. He doesn't know Rachel. Like, why would he be like, oh, no, Mercedes, you shouldn't try out for that role? Because that girl I don't know, she wants to get into college in New York. Like, why would he yeah. say that? You know? Like, Even if he did know her, why would he be so concerned? Yeah, like, Mercedes is his girlfriend. He wants her to succeed. Like, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I thought I mean, he was, compare, like, compare that to Mike in Pops. I know. I hate that line. He literally tells Tina to sit down and let Rachel have it. That was ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just rewatched that episode for my ranking, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on my props rant. I I will someday. I was like, Not that should have been ranked lower. Yes, and <laughs> but anyway, um, no, um, and and why don't we talk a little bit about um, the the triangle a little bit because Glee loves love triangles, but this one was um, not as Oh, gosh. Uh, how do I put this? Wasn't as harsh and mean as a lot of these love triangles end up being? Yeah. And it didn't... Like how it turned out, yeah. Yeah, like, it didn't get cool, and it didn't get, you know... It didn't get as ugly as a lot of the other triangles. No, well, because Mercedes, like, nipped it in the bud when she was like, oh, my God, I kissed Sam while I was dating Shane. I I'm, don't like who I am right now. Like, I'm yeah. not going to date Sam, like... I'm pulling the plug on this whole thing. I don't like this. I don't like what it's done to me. I don't like what it's doing to my relationship. I need to find out who I am before I do this. And I really like that. I wish they had explored that more instead of just kind of being like, oh, yeah, and now she's dating Sam again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really wish. And, and you can tell that Mercedes, she doesn't make choices impulsively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's another way that her faith comes into it because you're taught to kind of reflect a lot. Yeah. And so Mercedes really reflects on things before she makes a choice. Nothing she does is fully out of emotion. It's always something that she's given the thought, and she trusts herself when she makes decisions. And for a young character especially, to have that kind of trust in herself that what she's doing is the right thing for her is so important. I mean... For, for girls in general, especially when it comes to relationships and boys, having a character who's like, I'm the most important part of this equation. Having a boyfriend is not the important part. Self-care 
me. I have to do what's right for me in this situation. And she did it. She did it in that in that triangle. You know, yeah. she's like, this is turning me into the kind of person that I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. She doesn't like hurting people. When she saw that she hurt, the way that she hurt Shane, she she didn't like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it also, like, I, I agree with what you said and that it's a good message that, you know, it, it becomes about her taking a step back and saying, you know what, having a boyfriend is not worth the, the, the pain that I am causing other people. And, you know, and, and that's admirable of her. I mean, and just so many times I, I just like that she goes in a way that you're like, okay, you can respect her. Whereas, you know, in, in, again, or, um, comparison, comparison to Rachel, who she makes all these decisions, you're just like, oh, God, why? And Again, that's where they're different because Rachel is 100%. Rachel's like an exposed nerve. Everything she does is based on emotion. Like, I feel this way right in this moment, and I'm going to make this choice right now. And it always ends up coming back, you know? And so Rachel, and that's what I love about the friendship between Rachel and Mercedes, and even Mercedes, Kurt, and Rachel, is because they kind of all have these traits that each other could borrow from. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so if Rachel had an ounce of Mercedes' ability to kind of, you know, reflect before she makes a choice and kind Mm -hmm. of calm down and slow down and take a breath and kind of really sit in the moment before she does something, I think a lot of Rachel's problems would have never happened. Oh, yeah. You know, but maybe if Mercedes had a little bit of Rachel's cutthroat, you know, cutthroat ambition, then maybe, you know, some of, you know, Mercedes' issues of being overlooked wouldn't have happened. So they definitely could borrow those you know, those things from each other, which is what good friendships are, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Sam. And, and this, you know, out of all of the relationships on the show, there's such a sweetness to, to Mercedes and Sam. And then when you look at Sam, who's dated every girl on the show, yeah, I, I, my favorite is Sam and Mercedes. Oh, yeah. Me I, too. I definitely agree. I love Sam and Mercedes. Like, honestly, that's one of my biggest things about the show was that they didn't like canonically have them end up together that still gets me like I'm still bitter about it it's in the script so it's good as canon as far as I'm concerned but yeah I feel you yeah like I consider it canon but like honestly because like they they even have that one line where Mercedes is like oh why is he still texting me if he's dating that other girl so it's like there's hints that it's still yeah, need to happen, but like that, there's nothing explicit that happened in the episode. Like it still bums me out. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> shocked too because I remember there were spoilers about it and about like how everybody's gonna get a happy ending, and they mentioned Sam Sadie. So I'm guessing there were things that were even filmed. I don't know. I yeah. was listening for all of season six, so I didn't like know any of that stuff. Mm. So I don't. But yeah, I don't. It just it still gets me. <laughs> yeah, and for me. I think one of the reasons I love the sweetness of Mercedes is that every other relationship on the show is so intense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Santana and Brittany, you know, Santana was out in and her grandma disowned her. And then Brittany's getting into MIT and, you know, all that craziness. And then, you know, Fenchel, Jesus, you know, like they were going to get married. You know, if Finn hadn't had Jim, they would have gotten married that day or something. And, you know, and then Finn dies. 
you know, and then Kurt and Blaine, Jesus, that's soap opera. So it's like, you know, Sam Mercedes is so sweet, and it's so teenagery. It's so young, and uh, they're just adorable to me. And yeah, it's so simple compared to all the other relationships on the show. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm I'm also I'm also really kind of glad that they didn't do too much with the interracial part of it. Like we got a little bit in season five, but mm-hmm. they didn't do because trust me, a lot of people in fandom were like, a guy like Sam would never go for a girl like Mercedes. See, and I hate that kind of thinking because I've known personally in my life um, guys who have dated heavier girls. And it's, or, or whatnot, um, and, um, it's like, that's not how it works. I mean, you know, men and women aren't attracted to whatever because society says it's so. And so, on top of that, why not break this stereotypical cycle and, and show, well, hey, if these people on TV can do it, maybe there is room in real life to do it. Let's put this blonde-haired country music singing boy with this diva, this black girl, dark skin, like, let's do this. Let's put them together and then not say anything about it, really. You know, let's just let them be together. Yeah, and, like, it wasn't a big thing. I feel like fandom made it a big thing. Oh, yeah. If I read one more fandom... Fandom makes everything. Okay, yeah, that's true. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to find Sam Sadie's fan fiction. Oh, my God. I gave up. Honestly, I tried once, and I was like, this is hopeless. There's more Sam like, fiction out there. Which yeah, it's like... It's so long, like, beyond belief. Like, if you took a shot every time Sam referred to Mercedes as chocolate, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? And, and that's in a one shot. I'm not even talking multi-chapter. Oh, my God. You know, it's well, just... Right? thing about Sam and Mercedes, though, um, is that it's not just a pairing that they threw together because, hey, let's try and make a statement about something. I, I can see where they would have things in common and be comfortable with each other, and I, I think that Sam's simplicity and, um, you know, penchant to go a little bit slower at things is really at Mercedes' pace, and, um, you know, her kindness really appeals to him, and there, it just, it, it works for me on, on more of a just, hey, let's throw these two characters together and see what happens. And Sam's it, another character that has made things safe for people. You yeah. know, in the new Rachel, he reaches out to Marley because he understands what it's like to be the poor kid at school. You know, when Brittany's having her breakdown, he reaches out to Brittany. When, you know, he was so, you know, he was there for Blaine, you know, when he saw... You know, him and Blaine, they had their trouble in Hold On to 16, and they were running together, but they didn't really know each other. But when Sam kind of saw how Blaine was spiraling, he reached out, you know, and he gave Blaine a safe place to heal. You know, even with the crush, he didn't, you know, he was just like, it's okay. You know, he was, he made it, you know, safe for him to have that space. Sam is another person who is so kind and so warm and so safe. Like, he was so, like, he didn't get weirded out by Kurt, even though Finn really, really, really tried mm-hmm. to kind of scare Sam out of working with Kurt, Sam was so nice, and he would have done it, you know? He yeah. keeps his word. And so I think that they both have that quality. They're both very family-oriented. You know, you can tell that in Mercedes, the way she talks about her family, and Sam with his siblings, you know? And so I think that they do have those things in common, that kind of the rest of Blue Club is kind of almost too intense for them. Mm-hmm. And they fit together because they're definitely just kind of 
they just want things simple and relatable and it doesn't have to be high drama all the time. I also, I, I, it'll be interesting to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but I think he would have waited for her, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would have. I think, like, I understand why she broke up with him and saying, like, I think you will wait for me and I think you'll resent me. I, that kind of, like, bothered me a little bit that she did that. Yeah. Felt like she was being like, okay, Sam, I give you permission to go out and have sex with tons of girls while I sit here and wait for you. Well, or, like, you know, but it was more like, you wait for me. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what Sam's problem was. Like, just felt kind of like a strange Dude, thing. find yourself, I don't know. find yourself a good Star Wars fan fiction and handle it in the shower. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what Blaine was doing when Kurt wasn't letting him in those layers. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> it's true though. It's like I don't no, know. It is. It is. But uh, yeah, no. I, I think unfortunately they just wanted to. Um, they wanted season six. They wanted Rachel and Sam together. I think mm-hmm. that's what the unfortunate ultimateness of that. Yeah. Why they? I think but. they needed Rachel to be with a really safe character after Ben, and I think it was probably yeah. partially for Leah as well. Yeah. Because she's really good friends with Cord. I guess. So I, I get it. Like how they dealt with that whole thing, because like they worried so much about Mercedes, but they I, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I don't really remember them talking about Finn at all. That's kind that of interesting. Thing. They really didn't. There was a lot of conversation about Mercedes, and they and Rachel even asked for Mercedes' permission, and Mercedes was like, "Yeah," because oh, we should mention she was actually kind of semi dating somebody in season yeah. six. Yeah. Hank. Hank. <laughs> I really wish we could have seen what Tank looked like. Oh, me too. I bet he was big. I bet he was small. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. He was this teeny tiny guy. Like, he's not even that much bigger than Blaine. <laughs> like, Blaine's like, wow, that guy's really small. <laughs> There's your next fanfic. Oh, man. But, <laughs> um... You know, and I, I think in in order for it, it was interesting to, to for Rachel and Sam to actually work they really needed to make Mercedes okay with it. And Sam um, had to be hypnotized. It was so... That was weird. Well, and then they just dropped it when Jesse St. James came back. I mean, it was always supposed to be a kind of passing through relationship, yeah. but, like, oh, you guys could have handled that better than that, but... Um, that's the second time that's happened to Sam. Yeah. Poor guy. Don't get his breakup on screen, because, like, one minute he's dating Santana, and the next minute she's dating Karofsky. And Sam's yeah. just kind of like, she's out with Karofsky. Like, she didn't even break up with me. They did that a lot with a lot of things. I mean, think about Artie and Tina just over the summer. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not a thing anymore. They, yeah. And Artie yeah. and Kitty. Yeah. Yeah. And Artie and Sugar. Yeah. Yeah, they did that a lot. I still don't feel bad for Artie, though. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't feel bad for Artie either. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> One that won't be happening, probably. Probably not, because there's not really anyone who's going to want to spend a whole bunch of time talking about Artie outside of, like, that's a really good performance. It's a great song. <laughs> Poor Artie. You really treat your girlfriends horribly. Which is sad, because Kevin McHale is such a lovely guy, but... Can yeah. I tell you that he's beautiful in person? Have I told you that? I think you did, but probably not on the podcast, so... Yeah, I've seen him in person, and TV does not do ju- to him justice. Oh, especially the way they have him dressed. Yeah, he is gorgeous. Awesome. I, I wouldn't have called that. <laughs> it's 
Me neither. Anyway, <laughs> take back to Sam and Mercedes' relationship. <laughs> I love it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I like the little joke they had, and I think it was Bash, where they're like, we're back together officially, and everyone's like, you guys were together? Like, I thought you were together for like five minutes, but then there was nothing, and nobody knew if you guys were actually dating. And I'm like, oh, ha, ha, the writers know what we were all talking about, because they have spies on Tumblr. <laughs> I don't think they were spies, but I think they were just there. I don't know, sometimes there were things that came out of my, that I literally had been like made a post about, and then someone on Glee would say it, and I'd be like... Which one of my followers is a spy? <laughs> well, I know they read fan fiction, too, because there were lines in, in the show that I'm like, oh, my God, did you just steal that from Oh, my God. Freaking the proposal, certain yeah. proposal, the she. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're deflecting again. But, no, I mean, uh, that no, that happens all the time. I'm cool with that. Um, but, um, yeah, so kind of moving on, unless there's something else that you guys wanted to talk about with relationships. Um, I like their storyline in Old Dogs, New Tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where... Oh, go ahead. Where Sam's like, you know what, I know that, you know, people don't think I'm that particularly smart, but I took care of my family. You know, like, mm-hmm. Sam really, you know, really wanted to step up, you know, in his own way. I mean, I would have been pissed if the dog ate my ate my hair because those wigs and weaves are expensive. But I really liked seeing that little domestic side of them and kind of seeing, like, the reality. I mean, that's kind of one of my favorite things about the New York arc anyway. It's just that reality. You know, it was a big yeah. old reality check for everyone. Well, and they, they left the kids be adults in a certain respect. And um, some fared better than others, but I think that... Um, with Mercedes and Sam, they were able to have this kind of adult conversation about, like, what it is to be in an adult relationship and expectations from the other person and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I like that even though Mercedes is going to stay a virgin, we still got to see them making out. Yeah. Yep. Because I think people think that if you're going to stay a virgin, you're like, no, you sit over there and I'll sit over here and I'll show you my shoulder. <laughs> but, you know, they were had some heavy makeouts. She just had her line. And Mercedes is never afraid of being sexy. Because if you look no. at her as Frankenberger, or when she sings uh, Higher Ground, she's so sexy. But yeah. she's also, you know, she has her line. Yeah. And I like that it wasn't, she wasn't being shown as a prude. She just right. knew what she was willing, you know, where she wanted to draw her line. And that was the line, and you're either going to respect it or not. And Sam well, respected they, it. In- didn't they imply there was some a little bit of groping on go, going on there? No well, hands below the equator. I'm pretty sure they got that from Blaine. I don't know. Well, cause, like Sam did kind of imply in season six when he was off talking about the tank. He was like, "Is he, you know, bigger than yeah. me?" So like there was some things going I, on. I want kind of implied that some stuff may have happened, but like I don't know. It's always weird figuring out what people consider virginity. <laughs> I can right. almost see Mercedes being like a traditional girl who, you know, just, penetration's not, you know, as long as it's, it's not penetration. Like, maybe they, like, just rubbed up on each other or something. Or she gave him, like, a hand job. I don't know. But, yeah, I got the same information. Let, let, like, yeah, let themselves explore each other without... Without, you know. yeah. Yeah. Um, going off topic, Kay, I hope you don't mind me asking a question. Yeah. Um, that I've always wondered about, and you'll have to please forgive my ignorance when I ask this. Sure. Um, 
in Born This Way, when when Mercedes says she her her Born This Way shirt says no weave, what exactly does that mean? Um, you know, I actually when I did the podcast on race with the other with the Lima Heights Jason, we talked about this, and I think for starters, I don't think a lot of people really understand weaves per se. Um, I think a lot of people think that the point of a weave is to have straight hair or to cover your hair because you're embarrassed of your hair to have hair like white people. And Amber actually did a video about it when the episode aired because people didn't understand it. A weave can also be protective because black women, the way that our hair, like, it can be very coarse and we have to put a lot of product and heat and things like that in it and that can cause damage. And so sometimes people will put weaves or braids to give their natural hair a rest. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's kind of a big thing with our hair you know, is almost political sometimes. And this is way before the natural hair movement because the natural hair movement is something that's really taken off in the last couple of years where a lot more black women are going without braids and without weaves and without, you know, chemical relaxers and not straightening their hair and letting the natural texture show because I'm Mm -hmm. one of them. And so at the time for a black woman on TV to say, you know, this is my hair, this is my natural hair, it it wasn't something that was done, you know? Even if they didn't have a weave, their hair was straightened whether with the hot comb or through a chemical relaxer, you know, it wasn't a big thing. Like, like um, Viola Davis taking off that wig on How to Get Away with Murder would not have happened on TV even five years ago. It's because of the natural hair movement. So when she's saying no weave, she's saying this is my hair. It's natural. And another thing, because a lot of people assume that black women can't have long hair, that we always have short hair, and, you know, our hair doesn't grow, and it can't be soft, and it can't be this, and it can't be that. And so by saying no weave, she's saying, this is my hair, you know, and I'm not embarrassed of it, and I'm not, you know, I'm not shy about showing it off, and I have no problem going out of the house without a weave, but it can be an issue sometimes. And it's, that's kind of why I rally it, like, I get so frustrated with people with a hair gel off lane, because I'm just like, mm-hmm. you just don't understand that when you're a person of color, black women in particular, your hair can be such a, a thing, and such a huge part of your identity, and how people see you, like, Literally, people will consider you less intelligent, you know, based simply on your hair. And it's mm-hmm. something that you can't even really control because it's, like, genetics and, you know, this and that. Like, my sister and I have completely different hair. You know, hers is very thin, but she's got tons of it. And mine's very thick, but it doesn't grow as long or as quickly, you know. And so there's little things like that. And so that's kind of, I'm actually really glad that her shirt said no weave and not a fat or anything like that because it's mm-hmm. such a thing within the community. Well, that's really cool. Thank you for explaining that to me. You're welcome. All right, well, moving on, let's talk a little bit. You know, it's unfortunate. Mercedes and family, which is, um, out of all of the, the kids on the show, she got the least amount of um, family time. I do believe it was her mother in 2009 yes. that she talked. She has a brother. Mm-hmm. He's older because I know that Quinn moved into his room because he was away at college. Yeah. I think so. And we know she's got an uncle who's an attorney because that's who she called when she was having issues with that record label. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we don't well, really know much you... else. Why, I guess, I'm going to throw this question out there. Do you think that... Her, I mean, I guess I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that we really got less 
screen time with her family. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even find out she was adopted until season five. Yeah. Yeah, we, right. we don't see any Latina parents. Think about this. We have seen Mike Chang's parents, but we never saw Mercedes' parents. Yeah. How strange. No, it's really strange. Yeah, they did a weird Britney's stuff. parents. That was insane. <laughs> was great. Okay, I know. I think that's an unpopular opinion, but I... Oh, my God. What? Oh. Go ahead. What did you say, Megan? I'm sorry. I missed that. Oh, no. I just said I loved Britney's parents, which I think is an unpopular opinion, but I just, I thought they were so funny. Like, with me, with a lot of things with Britney, I don't get it. (laughs) So I'm just like, well, this makes sense because it's Britney, but I don't really get it. I I think it was funny. I think it was also overdone. Oh, yeah. That, that's my... But I feel that way about a lot of things that Kim Jong does, because I got real sick of Chang, like, two seasons ago to this community. Mm. But this is totally off-topic, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, like, I, I... I guess my thing with Mercedes and family is that I think it's unfortunate that a lot of these characters got these big arcs, or even just an episode... Um, with their families, and Mercedes didn't really get that chance. Yeah, because we even got Puck and Jake's mom kind of coming together <laughs> over his dad being a total cheating scumbag. So, yeah. And we, as much as we complain about Blaine's mom being ridiculously not there, um, he still got the Big Brother episode. Yeah. Not only that, but let me tell you, the Big Brother episode in that wedding was all I needed. Yeah. Like, all my questions are answered. <laughs> That's fascinating. When we talk about that, when I get to that episode, you're gonna have to explain. You know, we'll just we'll save it for now. The listeners have something to wait for. Um. But yeah, I really wish that we could have seen more of her home life. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like maybe the reason why we didn't see her family is because there's no drama there. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it sounds like they're you know an average middle class family, and you know teaching Mercedes some good values there, and that's kind of it. I mean, not every family is going to have drama, therefore not every family is going to be quote-unquote interesting. I mean, I don't even think we really needed to meet Artie's mom for that particular art. No, but Katie Siegel's pretty awesome. But I love her. Yeah. So so I was okay with it, because I love her, but I was still like, eh. Yeah, no, I get this. Get it. But yeah, Mercedes' family and Tina's family in particular, I was really interested in. Well, uh, moving it on, though, let's talk about her faith a little bit now, because, I mean, that is a part of her family in a respect. Yes. A part of her. Like, mm-hmm. I love, love, love what Glee did with Mercedes and her faith. I'm a Christian. I have no, you know, no bones about it. I'm not embarrassed to admit it. I know Tumblr has given me some crap about it, um, but... And I didn't, I wasn't raised in the church like Mercedes was. We went the majority of Sundays that I was growing up. But also, my my mom in particular was very open-minded. Like, she raised us, you know, my mom had a lot of friends who were, like, in the drag community. And so she raised us, you know, with a very open mind when it came to, you know, the gay culture. You know, like, she showed us the movie Paris is Burning when, when we were very young. And I don't, I think people think that all Christians automatically... They're going to be very, like, fire and brimstone when it comes to people being gay. And so I love that Mercedes was shown that that was never an issue for her. Yeah. You know, the God Squad discussed it in the way of, you know, 
what does the Bible actually say about this? But not in the way of, you know, I'm against it or anything. It's really like, where's the, where's the textual, the text to say that what God feels about it? You know, where is it in there? What does the Bible actually say? But not as, you know, I'm going to be against it because I can't find in the Bible where it says that. But just like, love is love. And that's what, you know, her Christianity is about. And it's about her finding peace. And it's about her having something that she can use to to guide her and to help her in whatever, you know, and get her through those tougher times. And that's what it is for me. And I've never seen Christianity reflected on TV in a way that was similar to how it was in my own life. Yeah. Yeah, something that I wanted to add is, is a personal thing is that on television, I feel like you get two viewpoints. You get a pro-Christian viewpoint, which is a little too prudish in a lot of ways sometimes. Yes. Or you get a pro-atheist or agnostic, which villainizes other religions. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. And, and as coming as an atheist, you can have friends who are different religions from you and, and even talk about religion, but it, you know, it doesn't mean you have to dislike the other person or believe that they are wrong or whatnot. And, and I really appreciate Glee presenting these conversations and, and showing Mercedes as someone who really has, a, you know, her faith is a lot to her. Yeah. And um, even though they're, you know, and, and it's presented as a good thing. And even the God Squad in that, you know, they are going to still be accepting of people even if, you know, they uh, have different feelings towards things. But at the same time, you know, they, they're friends with people with other religions, and there are other religions that are presented, or other viewpoints that are presented, and nobody is villainized. And Yeah, because you know. yeah, there's no, like, definite, like, even, like, we were talking about grilled cheeses earlier, so there's no point on Glee where they're like, Mercedes is wrong, Kurt is right, or Kurt is wrong, Mercedes is right, you know? Exactly, and that's kind of more how real life is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... My sister and I, most of our friends are atheist or agnostic. Maybe one friend that's Buddhist, but most of them are atheist or atheist or agnostic. You know, out of our close group of friends, we're the only ones who are actively, like, some of our friends grew up in church, but they don't really, you know, claim anything. We're the only ones who are actively, like, you know, we're Christians. And there's not a lot of, you know, oh, you know, you, you guys think this, and no, you guys are going to hell. It's none of that. You know, but it's also because we were raised to believe that the religion, the spiritual aspect, is about you and your relationship to God, and it's not your job to worry about anyone else's relationship with God if there is one, if there isn't one. And you never see that point of view of Christianity on TV, really. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And, like, I mean, even what we were talking about earlier about, like, how her views on, like, homosexuality and stuff, like, I think it's really great that they portrayed that, like, I, it was really important to me, because, like, when I was watching Glee for the first time, I was just, like, coming to terms with my own sexuality, and, like, having grown up in the church and all that, and that's, like, can be really hard. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> like, so, like, seeing an openly Christian girl, like, on TV, be, like, whatever, like, so you're gay, I'm still gonna sing a song to your girlfriend, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it was really great, and it was 
because I mean, like, I think it's great, Kay, that you got raised with stuff like that. Like, I was raised in a more conservative household, so it was more like, you know, not really something we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing that really helped me a lot, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really, there's so many aspects of the character that I feel are really important, and that's just, you know, one of them, because, you know, it's almost like, you know, people have the evangelical side, is so loud Mm -hmm. that people don't realize that that's not, you know, the average that's, you know. To put it in perspective in case anybody, I'm sure most of our podcast listeners don't need it to put this way, but it's like the tin hatter speaking for all of the cleaners. I mean, it's like. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Yeah. (laughs) But um, and I love no, that Sam was also a Christian and Quinn, and you've mm-hmm. got different perspectives on you know different kind of versions of it. And with Joe, like Joe's the kid who was like really sheltered, like because that's all he knew. And then you had Quinn, who basically struggled with what would be considered a really big sin, and her reconciling that. And you have Sam, who's more of a casual believer. You know, so you're like, well, Sam's not as into it, but it's still, you know, a part of him, you know. And I like that you kind of got those different voices of it and that Mercedes wasn't just that lone, like, lone Christian girl, like crazy, weird religious girl. Yeah, and that's, it's unfortunate to me that, you know, it's the media, it's politics, it's a lot of things where you presented, you know, you're either on side A or you're on side B, and you can't cross these lines, and they're, you get the extremes. You get the crazy and and, and I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> the crazy way out there, specific Christians, or the like, uh, totally the other way, atheists who you know want to like, I don't know, just a lot of things that don't represent the people who actually follow these different points of view. Yeah. Nor does it actually show uh, like the reconciliation of people have friends in other religions and. There's so much, you know, well, they're Muslim, they're Jewish, we can't like these people, you know, which is so sad to me that more television and more uh, platforms that could show positivity in this don't take an opportunity to do it. Yeah, and it's funny because my sister and I, one of our close friends is a Buddhist, and he he's gay, and he was raised Catholic, and, you know, there were a lot of issues for him, you know, and he became a Buddhist. And, you know, one of the things that Christians do, if they're going through something, they're struggling, they might say, hey, you guys pray for me and one of the things we do is we'll say to him we won't say pray for me we'll be like when you go to temple could you chant for us because we've got this going on and we just need a little extra boost you know so when you chant can you throw in a chant for us you know and it's a supportive kind of thing it's like i know that you don't believe in the same thing we believe exactly but you do believe in a higher power can you talk to your higher power for us and see you know see if maybe you know that can bring some comfort or you know something it's kind of you know that's how it works. We just respect what everyone is kind of, what everyone believes, because in the end, they're not, the religions aren't all that different. They just have different names for things. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Love everybody else, everybody. That's what the message of Glee is. And yourself. Exactly. Yeah. As RuPaul would say, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? <laughs> um, well, Kind of going in a different direction, um, let's talk about the music a little bit. Um, something that I kind of want to touch upon real quick before I let you guys go at it 
is somebody coming from a, a musical background. Um, I personally find um, Amber and Mercedes my favorite female vocalist on the show. Um, and I think one of the fascinating things about her, she's a little bit unbridled and raw when you first meet her, when she's singing Respect and, and some of those early songs. And, and she grows, as everybody really does on the show, yeah. but she grows as a vocalist so much. And her voice is just so gorgeous and so um, well-rounded by the end of it. And I'm just in awe of the stuff that she can do. And um, a lot of her solos are, are and, and a lot of her group numbers, or when she sings, is just uh, really phenomenal to me. So. I've seen Amber sing live. And let me tell you, when I say it brings tears to my eyes, she's just amazing. And can we talk about Not Getting Married today? That soprano. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. Oh, that was so gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, she's, defi- she's definitely my favorite female voice on the show. And one of the things I like about her is that you would think, okay, well, she's an R&B-style singer, gospel-style singer. But her voice is really versatile. It's worked on so many different genres. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. she can do pop. She, she can do Broadway. You know, she can, she's done so many different types of music and still like played at all of them and I think that maybe one of the only other people whose voice has that kind of versatility among of you know around all the genres is maybe Darren except for rapping mm-hmm. I take it back Darren can't rap <laughs> <laughs> but we love him anyway Mercedes um, did that Lauren Hill song and her rapping was great but yeah Darren can't rap but no, <laughs> you know she's um, one of the more versatile people on the she is show. and and I know, I don't know if I actually get flack for this or not. I'm not a huge Leah Michelle fan um, in, in her vocal. I, I don't have anything with her personally. Um, she, but Leah Michelle is very, very good at what she does, and she's very well trained in her Broadway style. However, she isn't as versatile, and when she sings things like rock, it's a, it's a little uh, rough. Pretty fierce. And, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a little rough. And and she has a little qu- couple of quirks in her singing that's personal to me. I I, I can't stand the way she slides into notes. Um, it's like hit the damn thing. Um, her voice but, is, her voice is too well trained, which isn't a bad thing. When she she does sing very well on the Broadway stuff. It, yeah. It's it's, it's phenomenal. Certain types of, on the certain stuff, types of music need like a roughness and a rawness. It does. And and Mercedes is is and Amber is a little bit more well rounded in that respect and. That is why, I mean, if you look at it, she's got duets with so many different people because she can easily adapt to the, the styles that these other people are, are doing. Exactly. I'm so, I can't believe we only ever got two duets between her and Kurt. No. Because I really love them together. You know, and the fact that she can go, she can hold her on with Leah, you know, and but she, yep. she can sing with someone that's got a little bit of a weaker voice. Like, you know, she can sing with Cord, but she doesn't overpower him. You know, mm-hmm. she blends in nicely. You know, she can do those trouble tones numbers with Heather, and Heather's not a singer, but it, you know, it works. It fits because she can, she blends in with whatever, you know, song she's doing, whatever she's singing with. She's, you know, she's amazing with Kevin. I love their duet. Well, that's, yeah, that's why the, Finn and Rachel would get the the A part of it, and then Mercedes and Artie would get the second part of it. Yeah, they're really great together. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of, you know, that's his genre. Yeah. You know, that's where Kevin, that's Kevin's wheelhouse. So, you know, she just, she sounds so good with everybody. I can't even, mm-hmm. her, I have so many of her, I think I have almost every song she's ever sung on the lead. 
Yeah, she just, like, she would kill every song. And, like, okay, like, total honesty, I don't know shit about music. Like, I don't know anything about, like, musicality or, like, any of these notes in music that I was talking about. <laughs> Which is fine. You can tell me to shut up at any point when I talk about candles. If you like candles, that's fine. No. It's a, no. I, no. I, I, have to listen, I saw your post. I know it's about topics. But everything you say about candles, so fine. <laughs> But anyway, no, I mean, I, you know, and I throw out my musician card all the time. You guys can take it with a grain of salt, and not just you guys, but the listeners. I mean, this is one person's point of view. If you really enjoy something or somebody's music means something to you, don't let, like, anybody who has knowledge, quote-unquote, tell you otherwise. I mean, so, it, you don't need to preface anything. I just do it just to sound cool. But, you know, <laughs> no, but you, if you, but you have an uh, ear trained to hear those things, so I think it's really interesting to hear it out from someone who's kind of trained to understand those things. Because I remember one of the message words I was on, someone who was a professional dancer, it kind of broken down um, the different cast members when it comes to dancing, and it was so fascinating to me. Because I can Mm -hmm. kind of see as someone who has rhythm and likes to dance, I kind Mm -hmm. of get an idea, okay, this person has weird posture when they dance. And then see someone who's like, I'm a, who is a trained dancer, be like, no, this person has horrible posture when they dance. And be like, wow, okay, that's really cool. So I like hearing like kind of from an expert, you know, or someone who has that training and that understanding, I like to hear their point of view because it's really, really fascinating to me. Oh, cool. And in the same respect, though, I, I, it's kind of like you can you have this training and comment on it, but don't think that, you, you know, you're necessarily the, uh, you know, if somebody's still going to get it, because it's art and it's subjective, yeah. if it gets enjoyment out of it, that there's no wrong way to enjoy art. Yeah, I'm finding that doing my episode rankings where I'm like, ugh, this performance, this storyline, it's still like, what? I loved it. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's really interesting because everyone's just got, you know, they're coming from different places. Who am I? That, I mean, I like Britney Spears. I know she is nobody's vocalist. You know, you're going <laughs> to like what you're going to like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think we can all agree, like, Mercedes is amazing. And, like, yes. she's just so good. And, like, I always think of Define Gravity in season five. I remember, like, looking forward to that because I was like, oh, my God, we're finally going to get, like, Kurt's going to redeem himself on this song. It's going to be fantastic. And then, like, I heard Mercedes' solo of it, and I was like, holy fuck, like. (laughs) Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, she's so amazing. Like, I never would have seen that coming, that she could just blow that number out of the water. Like, I should have seen it coming because she's incredible. (laughs) But, like, I just, it totally, like, yeah, I was. I still get like goosebumps when I hear her version of that song because it's just so so good silly as it sounds the song for me that gives me that reaction and it's going to sound so crazy but (laughs) Disco Inferno she did a good job on that song though like oh my god like she was so amazing on that number yeah just like that growl in her voice oh my god it gives me chills yeah well, and, like, the, it, it became, like, it just is such a powerful, like, musical moment for her. And it's such a just, like, I don't know, saccharine kind of song, like, whatever, it's disco. But yeah. Like, she just made it her own, and it was so, like, you powerful. Know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be in my life. I want to, like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to burn yeah, yeah. down. Like, I don't know. She She just owned that song, I think, and that's what makes it such a good it was some, you know, for me, that was, like, an evolution. It was kind of, like, that, like, the end, not the end of the journey, 
but we saw her from where she started and then that performance and right down to like the way she's dressed and everything you're just going to see this evolution where she's so confident in that moment during that performance Mm -hmm. you know and that's what makes me even more angry that will shut her down like that after such a powerful performance where she was just so like confident self-assured and sexy and powerful and then will's like nope sorry about it that really sticks out to me with Mercedes music and um Something that, again, I hope I don't get hate mail for this, but I just find lacking when Rachel sings. She has, like Kurt, has this depth of emotion when she sings. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's very powerful and very moving. And I'm looking through her, her solos and whatnot right now and thinking of, like, I Will Always Love You or Ain't No Way or um, 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 the one she sang for sectionals. Um, and I'm not telling you I'm not going yeah. to comes from this deeper place and and it he she may not get the story context that Kurt does a lot but her her songs are meaning and moving and I will sit there and I will listen and pay attention and and I just don't get the same kind of um uh I just don't get give the maybe it's just because there's such an abundance of Rachel solos but I I, I well it's not I, just that there's an abundance of Rachel solos but it's like once you've heard her sing one ballad, standing alone on a stage and crying, it's just kind of like, they really kind of overplayed that, especially with season three, to where it stopped mm-hmm. affecting me. Like, there used to be a time where if Rachel was standing alone on a stage and singing and crying, I was crying too. But it's just like, they played that hand so many times that, you know, I stopped, not per se, I almost want to say I stopped caring. It's not that I didn't care, but it just, there's, it's like you can do if you do don't stop believing five times it's not gonna have the same emotional resident resonance but like <laughs> yeah. it got to a point in season three where every single episode Rachel was singing and crying singing and crying some slow ballad and you know you just you're immune to it they played the mm-hmm. hand way too many times and that's not to say that I don't like Rachel I have a very dysfunctional kind of relationship with her as a character <laughs> but I think she has a beautiful voice but you just they really just kept beating that dead horse and so you stop having a reaction to it well and I think also with Mercedes they allowed her to have some and more so in the duets and the solos but they allowed her to have some um variety yeah and just she I mean like I'm looking at these duets and she didn't get like one duet partner all the time I mean she sang a lot with the group songs already but she got all of these different uh people and and again she she sang different ways all you know um I'm looking at the all about the bass with Roderick and 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 just you know they paired her up with so many different people so that she adapted to these different styles that were more maybe to these other characters but uh, handled her with able to handle them just fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's really, you know... All about that base, like, this is, again, another totally unpopular opinion, but, like, I'm not the biggest fan of that song, but, like, I loved their version of it. And oh, yeah. With, like, having two actual, like, plus-sized people singing uh-huh. the song that yeah. changed it for me, because, like, Megan Trainer, like, she's... She's not quite skinny as your average celebrity, but she's hardly... <laughs> like, she's not really big, <laughs> No. But, like, but like seeing Roderick and Mercedes sing that song for me was just like, oh my god, like now I have this like whole new appreciation for this song. So absolutely, I saw her sing that live. She had a live show uh, a couple of years ago, and that was one of the songs that she sang, and I loved it. And then she sang 
the song that she sang at the service they have for Corey, mm-hmm. she sang that with her mom. And mm-hmm. when I tell you there's not a dry eye in the house, mm-hmm. it was, oh my God, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful and moving. And she just can evoke that emotion with her voice. You know, she's one of those people. Well, and just uh, looking back at season one, um, one of my favorite moments is um, Beautiful, when she sings that. and Yes. It just, yeah, that is such a touching moment. I could hear her, for sure. <laughs> I loved the reactions when she sang, and I'm telling you I'm not going, and you mm-hmm. saw the reactions of the people. Now, I heard a rumor that those were those reactions weren't even really in character. And that yeah, no. it was the first time they even heard her sing it. Like, they purposely, like, didn't let anyone else hear it. So those reactions were genuine because they hadn't even heard it yet. I think they did that a lot, actually. They wouldn't, you know, the, so that the reactions were gener- in, were, were um, authentic. Yeah. Um, not to downplay the um, positive reaction yeah. she got. I loved her singing for Finn and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just really, really love that moment. Yeah, me too. It was powerful. It really was. I know people were kind of like, kind of not, like, well, her and Finn weren't really friends, and why would she get to sing this song? But for me, I was like, I don't need an explanation. I don't think they did either, especially since this was for the actors and for the yeah. the, the uh, group more than it was for us. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily, yeah. Well, and that's true, because, like, like, obviously, I don't know for sure, but, like, I'm pretty sure Corey and Amber were, like, a lot closer. Than Mercedes like, and... No, than Mercedes and Finn were. Yeah, they were very close. I think it's very important for her to, have, like, for Amber to be able to sing that song, you know? Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. to this day, she refers to them as, like, her big brother, so they were very close. Yeah. So, I didn't need an explanation. They honestly could have just... They could have had literally anyone sing, and I probably would have just started crying anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, um, when people talk about the quarterback, I'm like, you, you guys, not you in particular, but fandom needs to, like, really put the context around it. And, and you know, like, me personally, I don't think that the acting was all that great between Puck and Beast in that one scene. But it's not about that. It's about yeah. the real questions these people were feeling. So. Yeah, yeah, I... I, on my ranking, someone asked me if I was even going to put that episode in. And I was like, I want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it differently. So yeah. I'm talking about all of the other ones. Well, that's like when we did, um, wow, I'm getting way off topic, but um, when I did the the episode tournament, and people were like, well, how can you put the quarterback on there? And I'm like, well, because it's an episode of the show. Yeah. Yeah, so. But yeah, all right, well, let's... Um, uh, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about fandom, Kay. So oh, why don't yeah. That and then um, <laughs> wrap up after that with our favorite moments. Yeah, it's been a rocky road. So, um, Megan, I don't know. I've mentioned it in another podcast, um, but I'm not sure how familiar we are with each other. But I've been in fandom in one way or another since season one, particularly the back nine of season one. And like I said, I started on the TV without pity boards. Um, I did, you know, on a little bit of live journal. I didn't come on Tumblr until season three. And I haven't been in a lot of fandoms. Like, I kind of hung around lurking in the Harry Potter fandom around the time that, like, 
the Half-Blood Prince movie came out, but I don't have a lot of fandom experience, so I didn't know that this was just kind of the norm. Um, fandom hates girls, yeah. and the only <laughs> the only thing that fandom hates more than girls, it appears, is women of color, and so I've seen just a lot of harshness and cruelty, or just flat out ignoring her, and it's always kind of really bugged me. Like, I see like, a gift set, and it's like, the characters of Glee, and it'll have Chandler, and it'll have Cooper, and it'll have, like, Molly Shannon's random character, but no Mercedes <laughs> whatsoever. It's like she doesn't exist. You know? Or, in fan fiction, if they bother to include her, she's all, white boy this, and oh my sassy God. necks, and, oh my you know, God. and it's just, you know, the white boy thing, like, she never said that to Kurt. She said, oh, no, no, she never did. No. Like, she said that to Finn once, and that's it. And, like, yeah. he just, like, latched onto that, and it's like, can you shut up? Like, oh, my God. Now, do you think a part of this, and I'm not, I, I whereas I personally haven't seen a lot of it um, myself, um, but do you think a part of the reason some of this stuff happens is out of ignorance or out of not really understanding Mercedes the character or how to write um, these kind of characters or just out of not caring because it's just, you know, whatnot. I mean, to, to getting to the root of why yeah. there are trends in fandom. With fan fiction, I think it's a combination of several things. I do think that people might be afraid to write her because they think they have to write her a certain way because she's black, but that's not true. Because, mm-hmm. at least for me, when I'm writing a character, I'm just thinking about, well, what's their kind of like speech pattern? How do they talk? Mm-hmm. And it should be no different for Mercedes because you don't have to throw in white boy this and white boy that. And she doesn't use a lot of slang when she speaks, you know? So I really think that fear is kind of almost like it's not necessary because if you just, just listen to her, you can kind of get in there. The fandom's not particularly kind to female characters, period. Yeah. Because Tina now, and Rachel get treated really awfully and thick if they're included at all. Do you want to specify what you mean by fandom, though? Are you talking about a general, like, looking at the whole Tumblr fandom and, like, looking at, like, the, all of those, like, who's Bakians or how many, you know, other fandom thingies are out there, or specifically just Glee, or specifically just Clay, or specifically well, just... Well, I've, I've been dipping my toes in other fandoms, and I, I don't, I'm not familiar with Doctor Who, but I know from <laughs> friends that are in that fandom, that one of the, um, um, what do they call companions? I don't, I don't know. Was, I just was a black woman, and that fandom was really pretty harsh to her. Um, just judging by some of the posts I've seen on my dash, I know that the Walking Dead fandom has been pretty awful to, um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Shone, I think. Um, the, Star, the Star Wars fandom, the Force Awakens fandom is really, really, there's a lot of wank involving like the shift between Finn and Rey. People would rather her be with Kylo Ren than with Rey, and, you know, just a lot of, like, you know, wink over racism. No. The Girl Beats World fandom apparently has an issue with people being really racist towards Zay. So I know that when it comes to race, fandom isn't always the best place. Um, and people, you know, a lot of it is internalized and you don't realize that they're doing it. I was going to say, because it's interesting to me, a lot of, um, there's definitely, like, male-oriented, how do I put this, like, you know, you... Look at Star Trek, and yes, I know there are a lot of female Star Trek fans out there. I'm not saying they're not, but it's kind of this male-dominated thing, and I understand a little bit when there's sexist issues coming from that, but when you've got these fandoms that are primarily women, 
um, and there are these issues. It's it's interesting that they come up. I mean, is it just that society has internalized us to be catty with each other? Is it, you know, what is going on there? It's kind of an interesting it, it breaks my heart so much when I see the misogyny that comes out of female-dominated fandom. Yeah. Like, it honestly breaks my heart. Just, like, the way that the Clane fandom has treated female characters as a whole. Yes. Like, it's yes. so... It just... It kills me. And, like, I don't want to go into this too much because this is, like, a whole other issue. But, like, just the way that the Tin Hatters have treated Mia, like... Oh, my God. It's so yeah. brutal. Like... And to, for, to see it coming from women, to, like, that just, oh, it just, yeah, it breaks my heart. I don't, yeah, I don't really understand the mentality behind it. Like, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, I agree completely. I agree 100%, you know. Um, well, and just looking at the show Glee itself, uh, one thing for me, I've always found a lot of the female characters harder to um, relate to, but doesn't mean I don't understand them or don't respect them and and it's and I do think that it's unfortunate that the show kept pitting them against each other all the time when you do have some really great female characters on there and when they get these moments mostly with Mercedes um you have these really fantastic one-on-one female moments I kind of cherish that and it's unfortunate that you know we don't see more of that in our television shows because if we did, maybe it would percolate to our fandom and our responses. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, you know, it makes me kind of sad because it's like, in order for a female fandom to really pop, she has to be conventionally attractive. First. Yeah. Um, than usually. Um, and it helps if she, like, Santana is, like, one of the few female characters that gets a lot of love in the fandom. Um but I think it's because she fits, you know, like, fandom tends to be, and it's awesome, and I love it. It's a safe space for kids that are members of the LGBT community, and that's kind of where you'll see the biases kind of change, because Unique and Unique and Santana get brought up a lot, you know, by fandom, and they're not kind of dropped and ignored the way that Tina and Rachel and Mercedes are. Um, and, you know, it helps that, you know, especially with Santana, she's freaking, she looks, she's Maya Rivera, she's fucking gorgeous, you know, so here you have someone who's just got a lot of check marks against them, you know, because fandom is either afraid to or completely ignores, you know, you know, a lot of characters of color, Tina and Mercedes are treated, they're either completely ignored, completely left out, or really, really just kind of, like, neglected. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so bad, I saw a post on Tumblr recently about a Glee Girls gymnastics AU. Uh-huh. And Mercedes wasn't in it at all. Yeah, that happens a lot. I had, like, Sugar and Marley and, like, all these people, and I was, like, I kept scrolling down being like, where's Mercedes? Where's Mercedes? And I couldn't even believe it. Like, I don't and that know. that happens a lot. I know. It's crazy. Like, it's like, she's such a, like, I know she's kind of sidelined a lot, but, like, she's a core Glee Club member, you know? She's been central to the show for, like, the whole six seasons. So to just see her ignored like that is so, like, every time I see it, it just blows my mind. And you don't even have to go that in-depth with it. Like, you don't have to give her, like, a huge card because she knows, hey, Mercedes was there. (laughs) Yeah, like, 
Acknowledge that she was a part of this fabric that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Acknowledge that she's one of the founding members of this club, as Tina said, when Finn and Quinn and Puck were still throwing slushies at them. You know, she's, a, you know, she's the core, you mm. know. And I hate seeing, I mean, even when I see, like, I'll see a post, oh, look how beautiful the Glee women are. And again, they'll include women that were in, like, two episodes, but Mercedes isn't there. You know, and that that got me thinking of um, kind of bringing it to Amber, and and she posts so many things that she's so gorgeous in. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman just blows me away that she can take these outfits and and she owns them, and and she's beautiful. And, and, you know, there's that thing, and not to to undermine Leah Michelle going naked on this, you know, health and beauty thing, I'm like, okay, you know, there's another pretty girl, um, and I'm I'm glad that Leah is very comfortable in doing that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's not okay. down, it's downgraded. But. Yeah, it's unfortunate that 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 same magazine would never let like Amber do that. Yeah. No, no. Um, you know, or the way and that the you know article constructs like, oh, she doesn't use a trainer, she doesn't, you know, and like she's very Leah Michelle is amazing in her drive to you know, be, look a certain way, and that's what does it, you know, it's, you know, but you can also be other things and still be accepted, and that's where I love Amber's message all the time. And what I love is that Amber works out all the time. Yeah. But her goal isn't to be skinny. Like, I follow her on Snapchat, and she's always posting, well, today my workout was this, and she's trying, like, she posted this video on Snapchat, a series of snaps, I know she tried a different or it was her Instagram, I think it was yesterday, where she went to this dance class for her cardio workout, and she hadn't danced in a long time because, you know, Glee's been off the air. And so her endurance and, you know, things weren't where they were, and she was so self-conscious and afraid and nervous, and she didn't want to be that big girl who couldn't keep up. And she just put that all out there, you know, like, and she said, you know, don't be afraid to be that one in the gym. Don't be afraid to say that you need to stop and catch your breath. Don't be afraid to work out or be worried that the skinny people in the gym are going to judge you because you're slower, you're sweating too much, all these things. She's like, just do it. Do, you know, I'm going to do it. I don't care. And I want you to be the same way. And that's her message over and over and over. Like, yes, I know that I'm fat and people are going to judge me for it, but I'm still, you know, this is how I feel. And some days her posts are, I feel bad about myself today. You know, or I was really bad about myself today. Or, you know, she's so emotionally honest. You know, and so I wish that that got as much attention of her mm-hmm. saying, hey, A, the stereotype that big girls don't work out is bullshit. B, I'm not working out to be skinny. C, I love myself, but B, sometimes it's hard because I know that I'm being judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't think that's something that people sometimes understand is that when you are bigger in society, you have the weight of people looking at you and automatically assuming things. Yeah. And oh yeah. I mean, unless you really, unless you look a certain specific way, and most people don't, people have the ten- natural tendency to like look at you and judge you in a certain way. So it's kind of like if you're, you're you know yourself, take a step back and try and think of these other people as a person and their own. They have their own lives, and you know. Now I'm getting really preachy, but <laughs> but no, I mean it's true. And that was kind of the point of Glee as a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, let's kind of end this on our, our 
I know this is kind of on the spot, but let's talk about kind of our favorite Mercedes moments or favorite episodes that, that featured Mercedes. So, uh, who would like to go first? I think, for me, my favorite Mercedes episode might be Tested. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the episode as a whole. Like, every single person's storyline really hit for me. But we got so much of what it is that makes Mercedes herself. You know, we got, you know, she... We get her and her faith. We get her being honest, emotionally honest with Sam. We get friendship between her and Rachel. We get, you know, beautiful song. We just we get so much of who it is, of what it is that makes Mercedes who she is as a character. And we get the sweetness of her, you know, of what she's like in a relationship with Sam. And she gets to be funny. And, you know, it's just, I love it. I think that's a big episode for me when it comes to Mercedes. Yeah, I definitely agree. I love the whole New York arc. Yeah, all of those. Mercedes. And, I mean, really in regards to everyone, like, those seven episodes in New York were just, like, I feel top glee, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it really was. Show that. Anyway. <laughs> so, like, but Mercedes just got, she really got to shine because of having the smaller cast. So, like, mm-hmm. she got more of a starring role, I think, than her usual kind of best friend sidekick. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So I think her, just, yeah, everything was just awesome for her in that whole arc. And I love, I I already mentioned it, but just that scene with Marley where she's encouraging her about songwriting. And, like, just, yeah, I love, I love that scene. That's one of my favorite Mercedes scenes. Like, she's just so confident and, like, but not in a, look at me, I'm so much better than you kind of confidence. Like, look, like, I can be this way. You can be this yeah. way. We exactly. If been where you are, keep pushing. Yeah. Um, to add to that, because really the New York arc is just amazing, um, I'll shout out to two different things. One is um, wonderful. Um, I, I just really love that episode as a whole, but the way Mercedes kind of comes back and gets an actual plot line that doesn't have to do with relationships or competing yeah. with race. Yeah. Um, it is really pretty awesome. And then um, 2009, it, it was yeah. nice to show everybody else that um, didn't have a huge role in the pilot. And to see a an underlying thing that had been going on, you know, the whole series. And, and they really kind of addressed it head on with her, um, you know, uh, uh, fight against Rachel and how she has to, she has um, uh, more uh, hoops to jump through. Exactly, yes. And I loved her sweetness with Kurt in 2009. I love that mm-hmm. she's the one who suggested Mr. Cellophane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really love, yeah, I love her storyline in that episode a lot. And wonderful, too. Wonderful is such a great episode. Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, you see her and Mike are supporting Kurt, but Kurt and Mike are supporting her, and you just kind of get, and I like it because you didn't really get a lot of Mike with anyone other than Tina and Artie. So, I really like, you know, yeah. The three I like seeing like a good dynamic. Yeah, they had a really fun dynamic, and Mike and Kurt were so supportive, and they just care about her so much, and mm-hmm. that was really, really nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this Mercedes podcast with me. Um, it's it's really kind of fun to. I know I do 
pretty much Kurt and Blaine, but to branch out and talk about these other things that I know, you know, a lot of us are cleaners, but we also love other aspects of the show, and I think Mercedes is definitely a big part with um, everyone that I've talked to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us and for doing, you know, this podcast for, for Mercedes. Yeah, thanks for even thinking about it. I know a lot of cleaners wouldn't have even gone there, so. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly, and that's, um, like, I I mean, obviously, I I just adore clean more than anything, but um, there are other aspects, I don't watch 100% for that storyline, there are other things that I think, I wouldn't watch Glee if that was the only thing that I watched, so. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to shine a light on on other things that, um, that are going on, so, yay. Dream.